Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. All right, all right. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, good to be in the house of the Lord. Yes. Come on. I know some of y'all are hungry. You got all right, but you gotta wait until after church. Amen. For the feast of the nations. We have our a life group kickoff this week. So I hope you, um everyone's getting plugged into a, a life group. Um so they are awesome. We have some um great life group leaders. Uh so I can wait to hear more about that. Also yesterday was our SOS uh um exchange. Yesterday, so hope you all enjoyed that. Amen. So it was a lot of classes. Uh, yesterday, I heard some great things about about that. I was at a conference um, yesterday, so I wasn't able to attend, but I heard some great things about that. Um, just we had uh, classes for youth, uh, singles uh, for singles, uh, parenting. We had a lot going on yesterday, and so uh, so I hope you were blessed. I hope the community was blessed. Amen. Um, so I actually, we, that's a passion that uh, my wife and I have. Um, what took place yesterday, we're hoping to expand that into a possible center one day where the community comes in and they get to receive uh, wisdom and, and guidance on parenting sing, for singles, mental health, and for uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, so that's a, a big, big vision that we have um, that we really want to expand the SOS, SOS. So that's just a seed that we planted. So get get ready for more. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Amen. So how many are enjoying our series so far? Comeback season. Yeah. Yeah, last week's message was awesome, huh? Pastor John brought the word last week. Amen. And so uh, Terrell is going to minister today, um, and I'll close it out uh, next week. So we're excited about that. But before we do that, I just want to pray over our offering this morning. So if I can just have you stand as we just uh, just honor God in our giving this morning. How many know giving to God is important? I mean, God has a vision for this church, and He's using us to help fulfill that vision. Amen. Um, so we, we, ought, we ought to make giving a habit. When we make giving a habit, amen, um, God's blessed by that. Amen. So let's just lift up the Lord in our giving this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord. I thank you for all the givers in this house, Lord God who has the heart of giving, Lord. I thank you. I pray that I pray a blessing over their lives, Lord God. I thank you for all that you're doing in this church, Lord God, the vision that you have for the church. So we lift up our offering to you, Lord. We glorify you in our giving today, Lord God. Thank you, God, that you're going to that you are blessing this church tremendously, Lord. And you're blessing the households this morning, Lord. So we just thank you, Lord God. We lift up promotions, Lord God, coming out of this congregation, Lord God. Businesses being birthed in this, in this church right now, Lord God. All to bring glory to your name, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you're expanding our territory here. 
Thank you. So we just lift up our offering to you in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give them a shout this morning. Yes, and while you're in a clapping and a shouting mood, come on, help me welcome Terrell. Um, welcome Terrell up as he ministered the word. Amen. Oh, Amen. there we are. Why don't we give God another praise? Amen. Yes. <laughs> I, am, um, I am ecstatic for what God is getting ready to do. Is anybody else excited for what God is getting ready to do in this place? Yes. No, I mean really excited for what he is getting ready to do in this place. This morning I woke up with a hymn on my heart, and it's not very often that I do that. My grandmother used to sing a song that says, Oh, it is Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. It is Jesus in my soul, for I have touched the hem of his garment, and his blood has made me whole. Now, I want you to understand something. The hymns of God bring you to a place. They bring you to a place that is, sometimes you can't get to his presence without a hymn. I grew up, I grew up that we opened up every service with a hymn, and I thought it was out of tradition, but it, be, it was because the older and the seasoned saints knew that it would bring about a presence. Yeah. Father, we thank you for your presence. I don't know about you, but when I think about the words of that song, it is Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. It's Jesus in my soul, for I have touched the hem of his garment, and his blood, who has made me whole. Can you stand on your feet and give God a praise? Hallelujah, because his blood has made us whole today. Woo, God, we bless you and we thank you. Hallelujah. I am a firm believer that his blood has made us whole today. I know that wasn't the best singing rendition, but we got the point. <laughs> Amen. It brings about a change in our lives. Amen. Before you take your seat, I want to uh, give honor to Pastor Gwenmar and Pastor Yolanda. Amen. Amen. Your pastors, our pastors, amen, they do a phenomenal job. I want to give honor to all clergy and their proper places. I want to give honor to my wife, who I think had to step out, but let's give a hand praise to my wife. <laughs> amen. On your way down to your seats, look at your neighbor and say, look again. No, you got to say, that was a little weak now. Look, again. Look, look at your neighbor and say, look again. My position has changed. Now that you're excited, look at your other neighbor and say, look again. My position has changed. <laughs> look, 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 look. You may have your seats. I want, to, I want to just focus on this scripture this morning. As Pastor Gwenmar has said, we are in our comeback season. How many have been enjoying this comeback season series? I've been enjoying it. Amen. And so the word of the Lord today is, look again, my position has changed. Let's look at our focus scripture this morning. Hallelujah. I know I got you standing up and sitting down a lot, but I think it's good to get a little exercise in church. So why don't you stand up again? <laughs> Mark chapter 2. Amen. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Amen. I'm going to go from verse 2 through 5, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 11 and 12. Look again, my position has changed. Mark 2, 
starting at verse 2, says, And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. Not, no, not so much as a, about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and they had broken it up, and they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. Verse 5 says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Let's uh, skip down to verse 11, and it says, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed and went forth before them all, and so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never saw it on this fashion. So far, the scriptures, Father, we thank you and we praise you for what you're getting ready to do in this place. Father, you spoke to me and you said that some positions will be changed today. Father, I decree and declare in this place that even in the spirit, positions are changing. I thank you now that we are no longer bound to any bed, that we are no longer bound by anything that is around us. But Father, you are positioning us for greater. I thank you now and I give you glory. I pray now that this atmosphere will be conducive for the prophetic. I pray now that this atmosphere will be conducive from miracle signs and wonders. I thank you now in the name of Jesus that it shall come to pass not by our power, but by your power and your spirit. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. We pray now that Satan will be horrified, that the church will be edified, and that you will be glorified. We give you glory, hallelujah, and we bless you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So it is important to understand, you may be seated if you're still standing. I'm not going to do like Pastor G. You got to stand for the rest of the service. Amen. It is important to understand in this comeback season that your position is changing. It is very important to understand that. Why is it important to understand that? Comeback is defined as a return to a former position or condition as of success or prosperity. And the two words that are put after that clause is recovery and revival. Okay, recovery and revival. So when you start thinking about, Pastor Steve, when you start thinking about comeback, you think about it in a term that there is something that is getting ready to be revived in us. Hmm. And so some of you have been dealing with some dead things. Some of you have been dealing in some stagnant areas. But today, God says your position is changing. Why is this so important? Because when your position is changing, you cannot deal in dead things. The Bible told us to put away dead works. Huh? It is important that you are not dealing in stagnated areas in your life. You cannot be stagnated in operating in revival. You cannot be stagnated in operating in comeback. You cannot be stagnated in trying to do what God is calling you to do. But today, I want to let one of you know, somebody in this crowd know online, I want to let you know that you are moving from recovery to revival. Mm. See, the word comeback, like I said, recovery and revival. And so it's important to understand when you go in for a surgery, 
right? What happens is the doctor, he makes the incision, he goes in, he does what he has to do, and then he sutures you up, and he says, okay, everything is well, and then the first place you go is into recovery. Some of you have been going, undergoing some things in your life, and you're like, God, I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know if you're testing me. I don't know if you're trying to prove me, but I want to let you know that you were in surgery. That's what it was, the pressure that you feel, the things that you are going through, not being able from day to day, thinking, God, am I going to make it through this week? Am I going to make it through this month? You were in surgery. Wow. Mm. And some of you made it out of surgery, and you're like, God, I'm okay, but I know I can be better. Yeah. I know that there's better for me. I know that there's greater on the horizon for me. For those of you that are in that position, you are in recovery. Can I tell you, can I tell you today that it is God's wish that you go from recovery to revival? Can I tell you that today? No longer do you have to be under constant scrutiny. When you are in the recovery room, you are technically in ICU. Come on. We can't be doing God's will and on life support. Huh? Huh? We can't do God's will on life support. We have to do it like he wants us to do it. He says that I want you to do my will with a glad heart, with a happy heart. You can't do it in the recovery room. So today God says, I'm shifting you from recovery to revival. Your position is changing. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at our first point. The first point that I want to look at today is that we must learn to manage rejection because it is on an assignment. Look at your neighbor and say, rejection is on an assignment. Now, I know this is a, they like, listen, you done got me happy, you know, recovery to revival. I, I'm good. We could stay right there. No, but seriously, rejection is on an assignment. It is important that we understand when we are dealing with rejection as it pertains to comeback, that it is not a, a way for God to set us up to fail, but it is his way that he will set us up to succeed. How do I know? How do I know? Let's look at the Bible. My brethren, this is James chapter 1, starting at verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Mm. The Passion Translation reads along this wise. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see, as a, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Can I give you a caveat? The word temptation in the Greek means proving. Huh? So when you are going through this rejection, when you are, when it seems as though things that you're dealing with, rejection on the job, rejection in the family, rejection between your coworkers, rejection, rejection, rejection. You're going for a house, you got rejected. You're going for this, you got rejected. But let me tell you, it is not for your demise, but it is for your comeback. It's not for your demise. My brothers, he's talking to everybody. My sisters, when you fall into rejection, that's a paraphrase. When you fall into diverse temptations, understand that it is not for you to go and hide and say, you know what? I'm done with church. I'm done with God. I'm throwing in the towel. No, it's not for that. It's for you to turn your praise to God, number one, and then know that it is a way of escape, number two. 
See it as an invaluable. When you, when you find something valuable, you cherish it. You know that it's something that's going to bring you out. I'm talking to a couple of you that know today that your praise is valuable. I'm talking to a couple of you that know today that if it had not been for your praise, you wouldn't have gotten through the problems. If it had not been for your worship, you wouldn't have gotten through the issues. But because my praise, because my worship is valuable to me, it is valuable to God. And because when I fall into these diverse temptations, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to throw in the towel, but I'm going to lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from, come, from the Lord. It cometh from the Lord. So my friends, my brothers, when you fall into diverse temptations, count it all joy. Can I suggest to you, let's, un, let's understand one thing. Jesus was rejected in his own hometown. Amongst his family, amongst his people, the place where he was born, he was rejected. So how about you and me? See, the thing, I love our Savior because he is so, he has a sense of humor. When he dealt with rejection, he dealt with it and he left it where it was. Let me tell you where some of us go wrong. When we deal with rejection, we use it as a weight. Huh? When we deal with rejection, it becomes a weight. How do I know? Because when you show up to an assignment from God, rejection shows up before you. Okay, I know. All right, I got you. Um, Pastor wants you to give the welcome address. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just using an example. Pastor wants you to give the welcome address. You show up, rejection is on your shoulders. Everybody can see it, right? We don't want that. That's how you know rejection is becoming a weight. Okay, you want Bible. I got you. No problem. Okay, Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Sometimes when we go through things, trauma, relationships, bad relationships, anything negative, what we tend to do is we tend to put it on us and wear it as a label. We tend to put it on us and wear it as a label. How do I know? The man that was paralyzed wore it as a label. Yes, when he was saw, when everybody saw him, they knew that's the paralyzed man. But who saw the potential? The four that was carrying him. So can I suggest to you that just because you have dealt with rejection doesn't mean you have to wear the label of being rejected. Can I tell you that it is not God's plan for your life to walk around with rejection or a weight? Because some of us may not be dealing with rejection, right? I'm just using that word as it pertains to the text. But some of us may be dealing with low self-esteem. Wow. Hmm? Some of us may be dealing with difficulties in our mind and difficulties in, in making decisions. Those things can become a weight. But guess what? I'm very glad that Jesus allows us to cut aside and lay aside every weight that so easily besets us. So make sure that you don't carry in bundle. That's a key word because sometimes when you're bundling something, what'll happen is when someone pokes that button, everything that you're bundling will come out. Huh? 
Oh, okay, so I'm lying. All right, so if I'm carrying rejection, and the next thing you know, somebody say, I don't want to be with you no more, and now everything just, 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 just let loose. You this, and you that, and everybody gets this, and everybody gets, and it's like, hold on now. We have to do some, some introspection, right? We have to understand what we are carrying. That scripture is so good. We are compassed with witnesses. Paul says that we are supposed to be living epistles read of all men. So if every time someone pokes a button on us, or if every time someone gets on that reserve nerve, and everything that happens, every, it just comes out. You, all of a sudden, you ain't saved no more. All of a sudden, you ain't read your Bible this morning. All of a sudden, you didn't pray this morning. No, we are compassed with a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin. Can I suggest to you that when rejection is knocking at your door, when it's on an assignment and you get offended with that person that may be rejecting you, can it be possible that you're reject, uh, offending God? I know that's a little deep. I know that's a little deep, right? And I know it's a little, uh, I don't know about that. But think about it. If rejection is on an assignment from God to set you up and you get offended and now you don't want to deal with Pastor G., is it possible that you are offending God? Yeah. Food for thought, right? Yeah. Food for thought. If you're offending God, then you're saying, God, I don't want your ways. If you're offending God, then you're saying, God, I don't want your blessing. Mm. Wow. We want the blessing, but we don't want the process. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, okay, and, and Jesus is the greatest example, right? And so Jesus had to be despised of men. He was rejected of men. Uh, and somewhere in Isaiah, it said that he was a sheep for the slaughter. These are all things that Christ had to deal with. And Paul even says it. Some of the things that Christ dealt with, I have to deal with. So what about you and me? As modern day Christians, it does not skip and go over. We have to deal with those things, but not for our demise, but for our greater. Somebody say, my position is changing. Come on. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. I know, that was a, I know that was a point, but I just want to make sure that we get it. We want to lay aside every weight and every sin, and we want to make sure that we don't offend, get offended with rejection because it's for our making. Let's look at our next point. Crazy faith is the conduit for revival, and revival requires a position change. Look at your neighbor and say, crazy faith. Y'all said it like y'all not crazy. Look at your neighbor and say, crazy faith. <laughs> crazy faith. So what, what is so important? Now, now there's faith, right? But then there's crazy faith, right? Okay, I'm going to show you regular faith. Regular faith is, God, thank you for saving me. You know, da 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 da, -da. I believe, da 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 yada, yada, yada. Huh. Okay, cool, we good. I got faith in God. But some of us need crazy faith. In this position change, you need to go from regular faith to crazy faith. What is crazy faith? Crazy faith is seeing no way out and still believing God that he will create a way for you. Wow. It's a difference when you make a certain amount of money and you don't budget and you don't have any money for the month versus you don't make enough money and you budget and you still don't have any money. <laughs> Can I be real, right? But in that scenario where you are a good steward over your money and it still seems like you have more month than you do money, that's where God will become an oasis for you. That's good. Hmm? Amen. That's where he will become 
an oasis for you. So crazy faith is a conduit. It's a segue. It is a way for God to bring in revival. I am so excited that this church is getting ready to experience revival. I am so excited that the body of Christ is experiencing revival. Why? Because it is all in the Bible that God wants us to experience revival. Revival is reviving something that has been dead. So my crazy faith is going to ignite some things that have died in a previous time in my life. My crazy faith is going to save loved ones that have been strung out for the last 15 to 20 years. That's crazy faith. Because we know what the process is, right? The process is, is that they would make a decision to become clean, they will go through a process, and then they will be, you know, a, a part of society, if you will. But the God that I serve can bring someone into a setting like this and change them from the inside out, and they will never go back to what they've been. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, you want Bible. Behold, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The word creature, creation. He is a new creation, right? And so we must understand it takes crazy faith to say, I'm not going to drink anymore. It takes crazy faith to say, I'm not going to smoke anymore. It takes crazy faith to say, I'm not going to do things of old anymore because I want revival. Is there anybody in here that wants the revival of God in their life? Y'all don't seem excited. I'm happy. I want revival in my life. There have been too many things that God has promised me that it seems like it has died. There has been too many things that God has said to me that seems like it was dead on arrival. But I've come to tell you that you are getting ready to experience the revival of God. Hallelujah. The revival of God doesn't come to make you feel good. The revival of God doesn't come to give you goosebumps, but it comes to position you for greater. It comes to position you for greater. It comes to position you for greater. Can I tell you one thing? That you must have a pure heart and pure intentions to receive God's revival. Yeah. Hallelujah. I know you want Bible, and you know I got it, right? You know I got it. Matthew 5 and 8 in the King James Version says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In the Passion Translation, it says, what a bliss you experience when your heart is pure. Hmm? For, when, for then your eyes will be open to see more and more of God. That sounds like revival. As God is uh, expanding himself to our eyes. Because the Bible says that there is no depth nor width to God. But as we continue to see more and more of God, we will experience more and more of his revival. But our hearts must be pure. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. So if you're going to get mad with anybody, you get mad with Jesus. And I don't, I, don't, I don't suggest that either. But the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's go to our text, huh? The text says this. This is what the text says. You ready for what the text says? Let me find it first. Jesus. In verse 4 it says, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed. Three things that you have to do in this position change before you get to this position change. The first thing you have to do is you have to uncover. Hmm? 
you have to uncover. Why is it important? True revival only comes for, with pure hearts. And so God says, before you let this man down with palsy, the first thing that I need you to do is I need you to uncover some things that you've been hiding for years. Okay. Why is this important? What happens is when seeds are planted and when things grow up, what we tend to do is we put a blanket over it. And we say, you know what? I'm not going to deal with that today. But we don't give a definitive date on when we're going to deal with it. Right? We don't, we don't give a date. We don't give a time. So what happens is it gets thrown under the cover and it still continues to reproduce. And so God says, in order for me, in order for this man to receive Christ and to receive the miracle that Christ had, he had to first uncover some things. He had to uncover some things. Is there anybody that wants to uncover some things in their life? The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. Why? Because I need a miracle from God. I need a miracle from God. The next thing that they needed to do was they needed to break it up. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm breaking up with some things today. I'm breaking up with some things today. Huh? Observe, this is Exodus 34, 11 and 14. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I will drive out before thee the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whether thou goest, let, lest it be a snare in the midst of thee. Ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. For thou shalt not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Now, why did I choose that scripture? I chose it for a couple of reasons. The first thing is, God is driving out enemies from your area and from your space. Yeah. But before he does that, you must go in and cut down, break up. This is our point. You must break their images. Can I tell you that you've been carrying an image given to you by somebody that's not God? When you look in the mirror and you don't see the best of you, when you look in the mirror and you don't see what God says about you, you are carrying another image. God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God says, I know the plans that I have for you and they are good and not of evil. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. These are all things that God says about us, but when we look in the mirror, we see defeat. When we look in the mirror, we see low self-esteem. When we look in the mirror, we see things generationally that we've been dealing with that we cannot yet shake. But I've come to tell you today that it is time to break up with those things. It is time to break up with disappointment. It is time to break up with fear. It is time to break up with aggravation. It is time to break up with frustration. Why? Because my position is changing. Huh? I have to break up with the things that God has not called me to. What happens is we connect ourselves with things and people thinking that it is the will of God, but sometimes it is not. And we must be able to break up with it if we are going to receive revival. He said, I need you to uncover it. I need you to break it up. And then I need you to let him down. Huh? I need you to let him down. It is so important 
that we understand after you uncover, after you break up, you let it down. Jesus said, come unto me, all that are heavy laden with burden, and I will give you rest. What does that sound like? That sounds like taking the burden off of my shoulders and laying it down before God. So what did the four do? They took the roof off. They uncovered it. They broke it up, and they laid him. They laid him in the presence of Jesus. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just have to lay in the presence of Jesus. I know it's old school, but sometimes you got to be prostrate in front of God, in, in the midst of God, because there are some things that only he can solve. There's some things that only he can deal with. I know my mom can help me. I know my dad can help me. And I know I have my best friends and I have the pastors and this, that, and the third. But there are some things only God can handle. The Bible says the spirit of God makes intercession for us with groanings and moanings that cannot be uttered. There are some things that me laying prostrate will solve versus me talking about it. My words will not do what, well, my words won't do the job, but the intercession by the Spirit will do the job. They had to lay him down. They had to lay him down. Y'all good? We good? We good? All right, let's go to our last point. Understand the difference between position and posture. Understand the difference between position and posture. So here the man is. He's born of four. Four men are carrying him. Reverend, if you could bring, um, I have a little prophetic demonstration today. Um, I was not, let me tell you something, I was not going to bring a bed in here. (laughs) So I'm going to use this table instead, okay? So four people, let's just imagine four people on each side. Matter of fact, let's get some interaction. Can you come? Pastors, can you come? We have four people. Four people. And I'm not going to sit on this because they won't be able to pick me up. (laughs) Thank you. Right? So there's four people. They lay them down in the presence of Jesus. They lay the man down. And he's sitting on this bed. So here we are. We have four people and we have a problem in the center. What do these four people have in common? They saw the potential in the person that had the problem. Can I talk to you for a second? Can I talk to a few of you for a second? Your circle should not be full of people that can't bear your burden. Whoa, yeah. Amen. If I put weight on his shoulders, he can handle, he can handle my weight. He's a pretty strong guy. Now, I'm not going to do that to Pastor Steve, <laughs> right? I, I'm a pretty big guy, right? But he can handle the weight. What happens when someone is supposed to be bearing your burden, but they buckle under pressure. What happens when you trust people with what God has said to you, and what happens is they buckle under pressure. They say, you know what? That's not what God said. That's buckling under pressure. Or they get jealous. Well, how come you get to do X, Y, and Z, but I don't get to do X, Y, and Z? They buckle under pressure. But these four here, we were able, let's just pick up. We were able to pick this guy up. Huh? We were bearing his burden. Is there anybody here that knows that Jesus can bear your burdens? Sometimes it seems like that he can't or that you can't bear it, but he can bear everything. So these four men let him down in the presence of Jesus. Thank you, gentlemen. They let him down in the presence of Jesus. So here it is. We have a man that is bound to a bed. He's bound 
to a bed. And he's put in the presence of Jesus. Now, you got to understand, this man has been paralyzed all his life. He has not yet once, he's not once walked, to our knowledge, our recollection, he has not once walked in his life. Here it is. He's in the presence of Jesus. Now, I know we can get excited about the miracle, but I'm excited about the bed. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm excited about the bed. When the man was laid down, and, and I'm not talking about to go to sleep because I know we get it. Now, hold on. <laughs> Let me put a pen there because when somebody say, hey, I'm going to get in the bed, we like, yes, <laughs> I'm ready to take a nap. But this is not the bed I'm talking about. The bed that was put down in front of Jesus, I, and, and it was so, I heard this and I said, God, you are amazing. When they laid him down in front of Jesus, he had four beds that he was dealing with that comp- compiled one bed, Okay. You ready for this? He had the bed of affliction. You ready? He had the bed of affliction. He had the bed of trauma. Hmm? He had the bed of shame. And he had the bed of guilt. These are four beds that make up the one bed that bound this man to the palsy that he had. So what am I saying? Understand the difference between posture and position. I'm bound to a bed. That's my position because I'm dealing with affliction, guilt, shame, and trauma. But my posture before God is I know that you can make a way for me. Is there anybody in here dealing with some things and you know that you could be in a better position, but your heart posture before God is still, God, whatever you want to do through me, whatever you have for me, whatever your will is to do through me, I am willing and I am able. The Bible says, if you be willing and obedient, I know you're dealing with trauma. I know you're dealing with guilt. I know you're dealing with shame. I know you're dealing with affliction, but if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Can I give you an example? Exodus 17, verses 11 and 12. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and her stayed in, stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. This is a perfect example of position and posture. Okay, my positions were to keep my hands up. God told Moses to keep his hands up. That's his position. Some of you, God has told you, Uh, I need you to be a light in the marketplace. That's your position. I need you to be a light on your job. That's your position. I need you to be a light in your family. That's your position. Uh Uh-huh. And I know sometimes when you hold your hands up and when you do what God calls you to do, it gets heavy sometimes. Hmm. And sometimes we get weary and our arms want to go down. But watch this. The Bible says in order for Israel, who is us, uh, to prevail, our arms need to stay up. So I know the, the, the weight 
the, the, the uh, Hebrew word for weight is kabod. The weight gets heavy and your arms want to go down and you get faint, but you got to keep your arms up. This man with palsy, the weight of affliction, the weight of shame, the weight of trauma, the weight of guilt. All of these things were weighing on him so that he could not be mobile. What am I suggesting? That the man wasn't really paralyzed. <laughs> he wasn't paralyzed, y'all. Jesus never told him, I'm healing you of palsy. He told him, your sins are forgiven. Come on. Yep. Woo! He told him that your sins are forgiven, which means that the potential that he had, he could walk. But he was dealing with guilt. He was dealing with affliction. He was dealing with shame. He was dealing with so many things that bound him to the bed. Every time he tried to get up, he stayed like this. Because I'm dealing with trauma. I'm dealing with different things. God, don't you see me? You see what I'm going through. You see the trauma that I have going on in my life. You see that I'm overcome with guilt, but you still call me to a place that I need to be let down in your presence. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. And his blood has made me whole. Do you see how? Woo, I'm telling you this morning, your position is changing. His position was here when he got lowered into the roof. But when Jesus told him that his sins were forgiven, he told him to take up his bed and walk. So I've come to talk to a few of you today that understand some people saw you rolling in on a bed. Some people saw you with four people bearing your burdens. But the next time that they see you, you're going to be taking up your bed and walking. Affliction. I don't need it anymore. Guilt, I don't need it anymore. Shame, I won't carry it anymore. I won't carry the things that would bind me to the bed because this bed needs to be folded up. Huh? And it needs to be turned like this. And I need to put it in my arm like this. And I need to walk because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. I will not be bound to a bed. I will not be bound to affliction. I will not be bound to guilt or shame. I am free because of the blood of Jesus. My position is changing because it is my comeback season. If you believe it, why don't you stand on your feet and give God praise because he is bringing a comeback to your life. He is changing your position right now. If you Believe it. Give him praise. Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Everybody standing in the building, your arms are lifted. Your arms are receptacles for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that our position is changing. We thank you that we are no longer associated with images that were put on us. But Father, we take on your image. We decree and declare that today our position has changed. We were brought in on a bed, but we're leaving with revival. We were bought in with affliction, but we're leaving with comeback. We were bought in with guilt and shame, but we're leaving with the glory of God. Why don't you give God glory and praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Father, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for your power. I decree and declare over this house that every glass ceiling is broken. I decree and declare over this house in the name of Jesus that images of other gods are broken. I decree and declare that we will take on the mind of Christ. I decree and declare that we will take on what God wants us to take on. I decree and declare that your position is changing in this place. Why don't you give God praise and give him glory? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the man left, when he left, he left with his bed in his hand. He left with his bed in his hand. How powerful. The thing that made you sick, the thing that made you stagnant is going to be the very thing that is going to be the proof that God has actually called you, that he has actually put his stamp of approval on you. The Bible says that they had never seen a miracle of this sort. They were so amazed. Can I decree and declare to you that the next miracle that you encounter, your family and generations of your family have not seen? It's going to be a miracle that is not common. It is going to be a miracle that is going to change not just you, but generations after you. Come on, lift your hands. It's going to change. This next miracle that you will receive, cancer will begin to dry up. Father, we thank you. This next miracle that you're going to receive, blind eyes will be open. This next miracle that you're going to receive, lame legs will begin to walk because of crazy faith, because of the revival of God. Father, we thank you and we give you glory. I'm telling you today, if you don't walk out of here with your bed in your hand, it's on you. But I'm walking out of here with a position change in the bed in my hand because God has called us to revival. The Lord bless you today. Hallelujah. Wow. Come on, turn to somebody and say, wow. Yeah, that was a word. Amen. I love it. God is changing your position. You know, I love that text so much. I mean, you kind of, you need some crazy friends in your life. It was four crazy friends who did whatever they had to do to get this man to Jesus. You see, this church, we believe in community. So surround yourself with some crazy Christians, some Christians who have crazy faith, who will do whatever it takes to get you to Jesus, to get your deliverance, to get whatever you need from God. Because sometimes when we have to go through a process, when we have to go through a storm, it doesn't always feel good. And we don't always think the right way. We don't always have the right mentality. So you need some crazy friends, right, to hold you accountable and say, you got to keep believing. You have to keep waiting. You have to hold on to the hope in Christ. Amen. So we need to surround ourselves with some crazy friends. What a great message. What a great message. What a great segue 
to our life groups. Right? We are starting, this is a week that we kick off our life groups and it's an opportunity for you to join a community. A community of some crazy people. I know them. They're crazy. Great opportunity for you to sign up for a group. Don't miss that. Sign up for a group. We have a table in the back for you to sign up for that. And um, we're actually going to celebrate today. We're going to have a feast for you today. Um, so right after we dis we dismiss you, there's food in the other room there. You see you see you see Eric. Wait, wait behind Eric. You're gonna you can head that way that way, and people will serve you. There are seats over here for you uh, to sit as you are um, eating, fellowshipping with fo folks. Um, just give us a, a moment. We're gonna you're gonna see people kind of um, breaking down and putting things away. But I want you to take time out and get to know someone this morning. Get to, get to know someone. Um, talk to someone that you haven't spoken to yet. Um, it's what a great opportunity for that. You blessed this morning? Yes. Amen. Amen. So we're going to dismiss you dismiss you all. Don't forget to, to stay behind and, and enjoy a meal with us. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.